What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This podcast made possible in part by Calitrin, the safe way to lose weight, Prevagen, keeping your brain healthy, and my pillow, guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. It's another hour. It's a pleasant hour. It's uh, an hour with Dr. Ken Kronhaus here on DJV Health that's aimed every week at you understanding what's going on in the world of medicine, the latest research, the reports that Ken goes through in all the medical journals, trying to synthesize and understand uh, and translate from medical gobbledygook into English, what it is that's been researched or what has been studied and how it affects you. A lot of it has obviously been focused on COVID. We'll do that, but there are other things that are going on, and I think we ought to be able to touch on them uh, through our normal conversation and then in questions for Dr. Ken later on. Dr. Ken is Ken Kronhaus from his clinic, Lake Cardiology in Mondura, Florida, here exclusively on the DGV Health Program every week and on the weekend as well. If you listen to Ken and you think, well, this guy's cool, I want to have him help me, but I'm not there. Well, the magics of uh, telemedicine allow you to reach out, find Ken, talk to Ken, get his expertise on all kinds of medical issues. Just call the office, 352-735-1400, okay? 352-735-1400. All right, uh, Ken, let's begin with the obvious focus as we have uh, with the info on covid uh, the number of stories and the focus going down. Uh, but there are people who are worried, I guess worried I put in quotation marks, concerned or just wondering about how many ultimately shots we're going to need of the vaccine. If you don't have a strong immune system, I think they call it immunocompromised. Uh, do we need more shots or is it, you know, one size fits all? Well, how many shots we're ultimately going to need nobody knows so mm. anyone who answers that question is just making it up this is a new disease we don't know how sustainability the immune system will be after being vaccinated or after being infected so we're learning and it'll be interesting to see what we need and it looks like um, those who've been vaccinated uh, with the mrna uh, vaccines the Pfizer or the Moderna hopefully have had two shots and many have had a third shot. Um, and the news this week, and we touched on it a little bit last week, you were really at the cutting edge, but yes, the CDC did announce this week that there's a small subgroup of people, small who need a fourth shot. And these are immunocompromised people, especially who've had, organ transplants. When you transplant an organ, you have to purposely turn down the immune system so it doesn't reject the new organ. And these people especially need a fourth shot. Some people who've had uh, special therapies because of their cancer, or if they have autoimmune illnesses where the immune system actually attacks the body 
thinking it's a foreign body, but it's not the foreign body. Something like rheumatoid arthritis or lupus. These people also may need a fourth shot, but the people who need them the most are the people who have had the organ transplants. And if you are in any of these subgroups, autoimmune diseases, cancer, uh, an organ transplant, talk to your physician because this needs to be individualized and you need to ask your physician whether you need a fourth shot. Wow. It's a, well, I, what you said at the beginning seems to be what's ringing. The bell is ringing. We have flu shots that many people take every year. And it seems to me that if we take all the starch and the, and the hoopla away from this and the hysteria, uh, so maybe you're going to need one of these kinds of shots. Maybe somebody will be clever enough to combine the COVID vaccine with regular flu vaccine because it'll become just kind of a regular flu. So when you get a flu shot, if you choose to get them each year, in that will be protection for COVID. Am I right? I, I think that people are already thinking about that. But what the unknown is, is whether you'll need a yearly uh, COVID-19 shot after getting boosted, and that will remain to be seen. But if it looks like you do need a yearly shot, I would suspect these things will be combined. There was a hope we heard about about a year ago about a single flu shot and not needing an annual flu shot. So I think both of these could evolve. And if they evolve away from each other, you, they won't combine them. But if it turns out you still need an annual of both, I could see somebody easily putting them together. Yeah, I would think that makes nothing but sense, frankly. Okay, in terms of the pandemic, this past year saw, among other things, a lot of people die because of COVID, but also a decline in suicides. Why would that be? Well, nobody knows. It's a surprise. It was announced this week. It was looked at. It wasn't expected. And this is one of these unexpected things about the body. But in 2020, the main pandemic year, the first when it all came out, when we were most, I think, impacted by this, it was actually a decline in suicides in America That's announced weird. by the CDC this week. <laughs> and no one really understands the data. Everybody seems surprised. Well, there hasn't been a decline in the number of uh, soldiers, veterans who have had committed suicide. It got nothing to do with the pandemic uh, and farmers as well. The two biggest suicide categories in the country, Ken, are men and women who have just been lost uh, after getting out of the service because of horrible treatment. Uh, or lack of any kind of treatment. And then there's the uh, farm situation where America basically is killing its farmers because of our lack of understanding of where good food comes from and how to procure it and how to protect yourself. So, uh, you know, that's but that's not what we're talking about here. The number of declines in suicides, though, it does not reflect on the number of people uh, who have died around the world because of this. Now, these numbers, are they accurate? Because there are a lot of people who say in America the numbers were inflated in order to get the bounty that the federal government was paying to hospitals for all so-called COVID deaths. Well, all, all I can do is tell you what Johns Hopkins has, and that's been the meter that people have been using, how accurate they are. You know, I think we'll only know in the future. But what is being reported by Johns Hopkins is that we reached a very sad milestone this week. And that is that the world 
had its had its five millionth death this week, which is really quite sad from COVID-19. And at the same time, there were almost 746,000 deaths in America. This is more deaths than World War II, more mm-hmm. deaths than the flu in 1918, the Spanish flu. This is a lot of people. This is really overwhelming. Well, it's pretty... Um it's a pretty sad state of affairs, that's for sure. And even though you don't uh, get into this, the indulgent, uh, the same sorts of things that I do, uh, fixing the blame never fixes the problem. Uh, but we are not doing a good job of, of really going after the Chinese government, which is responsible for these deaths, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, time to focus on something else. Prostate cancer. When a prostate patient hears the word metastasized, which means your cancer has advanced or spread to other parts of your body. Kind of a scary thing. Uh, Here's a fellow from the Advanced Prostate Cancer Center, actually a patient, in fact, with a few thoughts about the reality of prostate cancer. My PSA was rising, which is how I found out my cancer had advanced. PSA is a common biomarker used to track development of prostate cancer. PSA stands for prostate-specific antigen. There's also another biomarker, PSMA, or prostate-specific membrane antigen, that can help show where the cancer has spread. Knowing about the specific traits of your cancer can help to develop a personalized care plan. So, have the conversation with your doctor. Let them know your treatment goals and priorities. Prepare questions and ask for clarity when needed. Learn more about the specific traits of your cancer. Talk to your doctor about PSMA and visit learnaboutpsma.com. Back to Dr. Ken Kronhaus here. I'm Doug Steffen on this weekend's version of DJV Health. Uh, The uh, focus on COVID continues with vaccines and whether or not the vaccines offer more protection, less protection uh, than those who uh, I guess I'm wondering if this focus is about those people who have been infected already and then they get the shot. Is that kind of what this overview is about? No, that's that's where to go afterwards. We should talk about that. But interestingly, the CDC changed the dogma th- this week. The CDC released its own study looking at where the immune response was greater in a person comparing when they got exposed to the infection, what what's becoming known as natural immunity, whether you like that term or not, mm-hmm. and then the kind of immune response your immune system registers or produces when you get the vaccine. And there's a great debate in medicine, which is stronger, the immune system responds stronger to the natural infection or it responds stronger to the vaccine. And the strong response is correlates with the protection after the initial infection or the initial vaccination, because that's what we're trying to protect you from the next one. And uh, in this study that released this week by the CDC, the CDC states that their big study shows that the response is best after the vaccine. And what they're also saying is that the response is the the very best when you have natural immunity from a past infection and then you get a a vaccine. 
So what's becoming known in medical circles as one and done seems to be the best response. One and done. <laughs> Where's like that expression? The situation with zinc and how that works. You've heard a lot of people who are naturalists swear by zinc, say that zinc is a very uh, added to echinacea and golden seal, vitamin C, all of these things are supposed to really help enhance your immune system and therefore uh, eliminate or at least keep you, it would seem statistically, from getting a cold or the regular flu. So how much of a player is zinc in all of that, Ken? Well, this, this is a study that catches the attention because of the journal that it's published in the BMJ, the British Medical Journal, which is a reputable medical journal uh, down the mainstream, right down the center. Mm -hmm. And but the key is it's not going to it's not the last study report on zinc. It's not going to answer all the questions that you're going to have. You know, how does it work? How much should I take? Where should I get it? But it looked at. <laughs> How did you know I was going to ask those there. questions? Yes. It looked at the data that's available out there that's reputable about zinc, and it concludes that if you want to shorten your cold or flu, zinc seems to help. And mm -hmm. again, the, all of the specifics about zinc, we're going to have to do more studies on. But it looks like there is something about zinc that we should be paying attention to. And, if you, and there are people who swear by it, and it seems to work. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. No, it probably wouldn't hurt. I think we've talked a lot about it helping with COVID as well as whatever the properties are. Well, they didn't look at it with, they, they are clear here in this article that they're not mentioning COVID in this article. Yeah, but I know, but you know. talking we, about cold and flu, but, but, two, yeah. but cold and flu are all viruses. So right. your exactly. speculation is a reasonable one. All right. So the CDC has recommended the COVID vaccine for younger children, ages 5 to 11. If you had a child that age, your daughter is older than that. But if you had a child that age, would you have them, would you, as the doctor, give them a shot? The answer is individualized. It must be done with the parents, with the, the child's pediatrician, and a discussion with each child. Severe covid among children is so rare. Maybe 10 in a million children get admitted to the hospital. You become to wonder, so why are we going to immunize young folks with a vaccine? And this vaccine, unlike the one for the adults, it hasn't been tested in as many people or as long. It's, it mm -hmm. was the study. That's that the concern. That's yes, a concern. it's a real yeah. concern. Yeah. The, the this study was only about 2,500 children and only about 1,500 of these children got the vaccine. It's a third of the dose of the adult vaccine and the fluid that the vaccine is in is a little bit different than the one in the adult. And the follow-up was only three months. So many fewer people being given the vaccine, much shorter follow-up. So I'm not eager to go ahead with this. I'm a little concerned about the safety. Um, and we're dealing in a population of so few who actually we're trying to protect. The other unknown is, is we don't know how many people with a variant in this age group will have long term effects. There's some suggestions that 
there may be some cognitive issues, some learning issues. It depends on the child. If they're obese, mm-hmm. if they have diabetes, if, especially if they have asthma, you know, then it's not I an would easy question consider it. But answer. the reason why I'm glad this was approved, I don't think it should be given out to everybody, but you need to look at your child. What are their risks for getting severe COVID and how prevalent is the virus in your school? Ah. And, and this has got needs to be done on an individual basis. That's the most important thing about all of this that you have just said. So listen to that, folks. Rewind it, if you will, in your head and hear what Ken is saying. Not for everybody. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I always get excited about having our time with Ken because he's so good at what he does and he's uh, so patient with my questions. <laughs> you think he's patient here? Wait till I get in his office. And we spend hours talking about things uh, when there are other patients handy uh, by that need his attention. He's very giving, spends a lot of time with folks. That's why I advise you not lightly, not lightly to uh, you want to have some time with Ken, set it up. If you can't go to the office, then do it on the uh, telemedicine, the Zoom hookup, 352-735-1400. Get the same treatment that you get in the office, except, you know, you can't test your blood pressure and things like that. But if you got something on your mind, I have something on my mind, and it has to do with women. Something that I saw about heart disease. You're a cardiologist, an expert in circulatory problems and the matters of the heart, the physical matters of the heart. Uh, I wouldn't go to you if I had heart problems <laughs> that didn't relate to the physicality of it. But My feelings are hurt. No, don't listen. Come on. Um, the, uh, the, the heart problems that women are having, apparently with COVID, a lot of women, uh, are, especially young women, seemingly are on track for heart disease complications. What is there about the COVID that brings that out? Is it the same thing that bothers young people with the myocarditis, heart problem? There are several issues that women are seeing with their circulation uh, and COVID. Um, again, not, not a simple question to ask about. But we know, for example, with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine in women, we're seeing extra clotting. And and this has become an issue. We also know that um, the inflammatory response to COVID is affecting women, affecting their circulation and bringing on issues early. We know that the, the stress that all of this is creating for women is is creating special issues with their hearts, weakening their heart muscles. So, yes, there are some specific issues that that the women are seeing because because of all of this. Mm-hmm. And this, if they came to see you, how do you treat them? What do you do to or how do you relax them uh, if it's not the end of the world? It just is something to be aware of. Is there a diet well, change? Mo- mo- 
Well, the whole package. Most importantly is we just don't say, you know, it's just stress and go see a psychiatrist. We, we treat them just like we do the guys. We, we take it very seriously and we, mm-hmm. and we, first of all, do everything we can to lower their, their risk profile. Uh, we want their blood pressure, their blood sugar, their cholesterol, their weight to be as good as can be, knowing that those four numbers their diets to be healthy when it's okay after we've checked them out, getting them into an exercise program. And then, you know, the rest of it, not smoking, um, getting it into a good exercise program, as we talked about all the things we talk about, and then making sure that there's nothing going on with structurally with their heart, their muscles haven't been affected and weakened. Their circulation is wide open women and guys, but women especially get a lot of small vessel heart disease, uh, microvascular disease and uh, the issues of, of stress can definitely affect the circulation to the guys, but especially women and especially their heart muscle gets affected by mental stress. And all of this has created so much mental stress. Mm -hmm. I get that. The state of the situation, I don't like the word pandemic kind of, it seems to me to be one of those words. It's it's just a word. Uh, Supposedly the, the prefix pan means everywhere. So the problem here is an epidemic of international proportions, and that's really what it is. So people are asking whether or not we're close to the end of it, or are we going to see waves like we had Delta, we had the first one, Delta, then Omega. Uh, That's a question that I think uh, has, it's one of the questions I suppose we could ask you in the questions for Dr. Ken department, but uh, how about it? You, what do you feel when you see your patients now coming in? Do you require a mask in your office, by the way, when people come into your in, office? In the office, the CDC still does require uh, masking in a medical environment, and we're definitely following CDC guidelines in the office. Mm-hmm. Do you know doctors who aren't? Um, Are there some do doctors who are here with you? Huh? Well, I do I kiss and tell? I don't say name names. I just wondered if you knew of doctors that weren't requiring the, the masks. That's all. Mm. I, I think most are, I mean, can I say a hundred percent? I mean, I, I don't think there's ever a hundred percent of anything. Um, do a hundred percent of farmers ever agree on everything? But no. I, I think the vast majority of physicians of hospitals of health centers are still requiring masks when you walk mm-hmm. in there. You know, I, I, I see the signs, uh, you know, I go and see some of my colleagues and, and the impression I'm getting is that, yes, that people are maintaining the CDC guidelines for the time being. What's going on, you know, talking about the numbers, there still are about 75,000 cases a day in the country of yeah. COVID-19. But and that is amazingly much lower than it has been in the past. And that is a low number for us. And it looks like it's going down. It it certainly feels like it, uh, that it's going down. The hospitals are all reporting fewer, fewer cases. The hospitals are back to doing um, elective procedures. This is wonderful. People are catching up on their, on their prevention, but what we need to wait and see is remember last year when the cold weather came when we all went inside because of the cold, we did have a spike come back. So 
Everybody's wondering whether come the winter, as we, it gets colder, the virus is stronger, we go inside, uh, and then around the holidays, we're all inside together, whether we'll have another spike. So I think it'll really, we'll really know where we are with this by January, February. And if by March, this is really going away, I think we're, we're getting away from all this, unless surprisingly there's some variant that's insensitive to the vaccine and boy do i pray every night that's not coming i think that's the case too it's pretty obvious that that's thanks to pfizer moderna uh anyway you just it's something that in jnj or whomever else is i see the wasn't the russians where did i know india has a new vaccine did you see that yes. the other day yes that new- was approved in india but the vaccine developers so quickly to get all this done somebody should get a nobel prize or sure. all of them should it's amazing. <laughs> Either that or stay away from the ones. What was the other? Chinese one is no good. The Russian one is no good. And so do people wonder, we don't need it here. It's just something that they need there because they have a horrible situation in India right now, I think. Don't they? Continuing. They are really it is, it's, uh, it's, messy. It is difficult. And they need mass production and, and yeah. high volume of getting people. You think with their there. technical expertise over there, they'd be able to do that. That. It's sort of surprising. It seems surprising anyway. Well, it seems like they're getting there. Calatrin, C-A-L-O-T-R-E-N. This is really an easy way to just rev up your metabolism and turn your body back into that fat-burning machine that it used to be. There's no drugs in it. There's no stimulants in it that make it work really quickly. But our 90-day program does have a huge 86% success rate. So when you give it time to work, you're going to see the results and you're going to feel better. And you're doing this safely with a product that is good for you. Even if you're on medications, even if you have health conditions, this product is really good for you. And if you have questions, we've got a little chat on there. You can click the chat and then just ask us questions on there. You can also call us if you have questions, too. Our number's toll-free, 1-833-TOP-LOSS. We've got real live people right here in America to answer your questions. It's one eight three three top loss, and again, the website is toploss.com. All right, yep. it's our buy three get three free. So that's that proven ninety day supply. When you buy that ninety days, you get ninety days free. Check it all out at toploss.com at checkout. Use the discount code DJV. Back with Dr. Ken. I promised earlier in the hour that we would talk about daylight savings time, whether there are benefits to it. That's going on this weekend. People living, I think there are only two states, Arizona. What's the other one? There's another state that doesn't do daylight savings time, but everybody else does. So there's all this hoopla from the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, what happens to your body. I don't even begin to understand why people get so worked up about it. I don't I don't think it's practical. I think it's kind of wasteful to have day, daylight savings time. But on the same, I'm going to kiss so you get an extra hour of sleep. Big deal. Or you get you lose an hour. Big deal. Go to bed earlier. Why do people make such a big deal out of this, Ken? Well, you know, there are these circadian rhythms that we have in our bodies that have our bodies secreting hormones not equally all day. They secrete larger at certain times of the day and they don't change quickly. But when you suddenly abruptly change the uh, times when we're exposed to light and, and, and lack of light, it can affect our moods, our hunger and our sleep. And some people more, some people less. You may not feel any of it. You know, the person next to you may feel out of tilt. So that, that's what's going on. I remember once you and I, a number of years ago, talked about two times when people are vulnerable, 
for heart attacks and stroke. Actually, three. One of them is the morning after Christmas. One of them is the morning of the first snowstorm. And the other is the time when the clocks uh, in the spring are pushed ahead so you have an hour's uh, sleep, less sleep. And I wonder if that still holds up. Are there still, do you see more patients who are suffering from problems in those through, you don't see any snow people uh, down there, but uh, the the daylight savings time thing or uh, the uh, Christmas, the excitement of the holiday or Thanksgiving, I suppose, as far as that's concerned. Do you see more people with problems in those circumstances? Those are definitely spike days. And in general, cardiologists see the most heart attacks Monday morning. As really? people, yes, mo- Monday morning, as people are rushing out um, from the relaxation of the weekend and trying to get going. Hmm. And uh, really? that's that's the critical moment of the week. I guess that's why I don't have those problems, because I keep working seven days a week. Let's go. <laughs> keep yourself going. Anyway, I thought it was. The, and the other thing, this has nothing to do with medicine. Why in the world is the Department of Transportation in charge of daylight savings time. Anybody give me a practical explanation for that? It seems ludicrous. That's like TSA and Homeland Security and stuff like that. What the heck are they doing? I did see that one of the uh, risks of of traveling, uh, apparently traffic accidents increased 6% the, uh, during the spring transition. And let's see here. There's, uh, as you were suggesting, the... Sleep Medicine Journal finds the rate of stroke 8% higher during the first day or two after the transition to daylight savings time. People with cancer, 25% more likely to have a stroke after the switch. Healthy people over the age of 65 are 20% more likely to have a stroke after the event. Anyway, there's 100,000 people, according to the Journal of Clinical Medicine, 100,000 people analyzed there's a higher risk of heart attacks in the weeks following both spring and fall transitions. Why would that be for fall? I guess would be my question. In fall, you get more rest, right? You get another hour of sleep. Well, it's just getting you out of your cycle and, and the stress, the tilt on the body. I call that being in a rut. <laughs> Frankly, that's, you know, if you can't stand even the smallest change like that, I'd say you better... Uh, Check yourself out a little more thoroughly. All right. So now we've taken care of COVID and a number of other questions. We'll get to questions specifically for Dr. Ken. Yep. Questions for Dr. Ken coming right up here on DJV Health. I am Robert Strickler. My wife, Joyce, and I have been married for 53 years. Certainly one of the really important things in my life are our children and our grandchildren. I am essentially a writer. I've been involved in communications in the media. I've been an avid fly fisherman for at least 40 or more years. I've been taking Prevagen on a regular basis for at least eight years. For me, the greatest benefit over the years has been that Prevagen seems to help me recall things and also think more clearly, have a crisper ability to remember and think through things. And I enthusiastically recommend Prevagen. It has helped me an awful lot. Prevagen, healthier brain, better life. Robert Strickler is a content contributor for Prevagen and real user, based on a clinical study of subgroups of individuals who are cognitively normal or mildly impaired. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
Dr. Ken Kronhaus is here to answer questions that are sent along, questions that are brought up. A lot of these questions come uh, from looking at some of the medical journals. They bring the, sometimes the studies, Ken, that are done, are they bring more, even though they publish the results, they are responsible for more questions than they answer, right? And don't you find that from time to time? Another question is brought up by the results of a certain study. Seems to me that that's a... One of that that's what the investigators, the researchers hope for. Yeah, I guess. Well, it keeps curiosity work, keeps their work going. All right. There's a German study that questions whether there are benefits to drinking. Now, this is a question that goes on and on. So what do you think? Does moderate drinking affect people like your cardiologist or people who drink more have more heart attacks? Well, don't shoot the messenger, but there's a... A publication in PLOS Medicine, very reputable journal this week from study in Germany that showed that uh, any drinking, even when it's moderate, moderate is defined as uh, one to two servings a day for a, a man and or zero to one serving per day for a woman. And even when you stick to these moderate levels, you're going to die earlier. And this goes against some of the common beliefs, especially for wine, that it may actually improve the health. Doctors don't, in general, Doug, recommend drinking because it's very hard, even if it was to be of a benefit, because it's very hard for people to therapeutically stay in the boundary of what's considered a healthy level. So if you we we bring it out. So if you are in that level, you know, you're doing yourself OK, um, you know, Again, I don't want to take away people's pleasures, and I understand, you know, how people use this socially, and in the interest of being a hell of a guy. But it, it, it you, in general, it's not clear you're doing any of this for your health. You know, we thought right. you might be, but after you read this uh, pretty thorough German study, it looks like you may not be. Doing but does it matter what you health. drink? Like wine, people say there are benefits of wine. Would well, that be that's what better than this, bourbon? This, well, prior to this study, there was this general feeling that, that wine was probably the most healthy of the choices of alcohol. But this study brings up the question that it, none of it may be good. And it, I think it just points out that, even more study, larger studies, longer term follow up is needed. But, um, you know, alcohol and I'm not going to sound like a real popular guy here, but it's it's probably overrated. It's OK. <laughs> OK, then let's talk about some other liquid water. There is a question about whether it use of water drives infections, isn't it because the water may not be clean? I mean, there's a whole debate. I have well water on my farm. I prefer that. Have it tested once a year. It's much cleaner and better than the public water supply. Uh, but that's probably not the case everywhere, is it? Right. What, what this, this study published in Philosophical Transactions B is in boy, is not wow. an interesting name of a journal this month. It didn't say that, you know, water's all bad. It said when there are these big infectious disease outbreaks, look to the water because often the water is somehow involved in the cause of these huge infectious disease outbreaks. That was the interesting uh, uh, issue point this article was trying to make. In studying mm -hmm. big outbreaks of disease, of infectious diseases, 
it seems like water is so often involved. Not always, but really? often. All right. There's a uh, question about those who are at risk for mental health disorders. Is it harder or easier for people in terms of the, uh, their mental health? I guess the question is, are your, is your mental health going to be better if you live in the country or in the city? That's a, that's a good one. I like that question myself. Well, um, I would think probably somewhere in between. <laughs> in the suburb. Uh, the, <laughs> yes. In the, in the suburban reality, it's better. Well, okay. I, I, think, I, I, I think that that's probably what the studies show, that it's somewhere in between where the mental health is, is the best. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I think uh, with the, one of the things we don't talk about enough is psychiatry. I think this country is woefully behind in understanding or being interested even in good mental health. Uh, and as you know, as a, uh, you're a physical health guy, but you know people who have a bad attitude or questions, mental questions or the reliability of their mental ability to figure things out uh, can have a pretty tough life physically as well. So that certainly is food for thought. Questions for Dr. Ken here. I'm Doug Steffen. Time for you to get great discounts on all my pillow products if you go to mypillow.com right now click on the radio listener specials page go to that box put in djv you'll get deep discounts on my pillows mattress toppers towels they have slippers dog beds even high quality blankets for example the offer right now is buy one get one free on the giza dream sheets all my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty my favorite uh, is the my pillow pillow I love that, but also the sheets and the... I just like them all. Slippers are great, too. And the reason they are, because they're so well-made. Made in America, folks. All MyPillow products made in America. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Specials page, buy one, get one free offer on the Giza Dream Sheets. Discounts up to 65% if you use the DJV code for great MyPillow specials at MyPillow.com. This podcast made possible in part by Calitrin, the safe way to lose weight, Prevagen, keeping your brain healthy, and my pillow, guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. This program was edited by Bob K. Sound and Recording. Visit bobksound.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.